0: Austin College returns from Davis, Tisca has a meeting, and some other stuff on today's TX Water Polo Podcast. I'm James Smith in beautiful Austin, Texas, and on the Skype thing is Joe Linehan. How are you, Joe? I'm good, James. I'm good. Where are I, you? Uh, I, I think I hear air traffic behind you.
1: Yeah, I'm, I am at a little FedEx office that is close to LAX. I'm about to get on a flight to come back to DFW. So, Which is where you belong. What are you doing out there anyway? Yeah I uh, just had some meetings the last couple of days, so it was mm-hmm,
0: good. Right. Austin College returned from Davis uh, as well, and they came away winless. but coach Mark Lawrence, who we're going to hear from in a few minutes, came back to Texas happy. and we'll we'll cover the four games that they played and uh, talk a little bit about the players that he uh, wanted to call out and, on a good, in a good way. More locally, though, um, the Tisca Clinic, Tisca's the Swim Coaches Association, Interscholastic Swim Coaches Association. It's who manages water polo, uh, high school water polo in the state of Texas. Um, it is uh, still a club sport. They have a clinic annually. They held theirs this following, uh, this this last weekend, rather, in Austin. And uh, apparently there's some, you know, reasonably good news coming out of there. What can you tell us? Oh, yeah. So, I mean, so yeah, so what happens to...
1: It's a TISCA clinic. It's the swim coaches from around the state get together once a year. TISCA Water Polo is a subcommittee of of TISCA, and um, and they um, and they have their annual meeting on Friday. Um, and they met on Friday um, the night before. The TISCA Water Polo uh, board and the TISCA board kind of met. There was not turmoil, yeah, yeah, necessarily. There was just a there was a lot of just questions and back and forth. There, there was a changing of the garbage between uh, Chris Cohen to Scott Slay a couple of weeks ago. Right. But from from what I hear, everybody's on the same page. Everybody's moving forward. Everybody is still moving and working towards the UAL meeting in, in in October. We're yeah, we're still keeping our fingers crossed. Um, but everybody's kind of is going to be working to put together uh, our our proposal that we put together for all the different uh yeah, kind of meetings. And it's very exciting right now. I'm very excited about what's going to happen.
0: Yeah, well, that's really good. I mean, that, that that's what the, the sense that we've been trying to get. And uh, as we discussed a couple of weeks ago, Chris Cullen was was removed and, and uh, Scott Slate took his place. And so I know that I said on the podcast that it seemed a bit uh, of a, a it sort of derailed the process. But this sounds to me like I might be uh, 100% incorrect about that.
1: Yeah, I mean, it was... Uh, no, I mean it I mean, I don't think the process was ever derailed or yeah, or or, or like or anything. It's just that everybody just had to get in a room and talk it out a little bit and I think everybody's on the same page. Everybody is kind of is yeah, is kind of rowing in the same direction. And then there were a whole bunch of clinics this weekend too, both swimming, diving and water polo. And Justin Pudwell, who coached at Whittier College for ten years, was the
0: Right. And he, so did he, the clinics are just spoken, right? It's not as though they get people hopping in the pool and showing them what's up. It's, it's more like just arranging seasons and psychology and that kind of thing.
1: Yeah, exactly. And there were, so there were three, there were three water pole sessions that uh, Justin Putterwill led as a speaker. Then there were three water pole roundtables where some local coaches got together, talked and, uh, and threw some ideas back and forth. So there was lots of learning all like all the different coaches had a, had had an opportunity to interact, get all the business done for the
0: spring high school season. Right. So it was very 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 productive weekend. How was right. How was ODP, how well, was ODP he, on Sunday? Just to finish off, Justin Pudwell's back oh, in the state of Texas, so and oh, yeah. so it, he's he, he's somebody that if he lived in Austin, I would hire him immediately, obviously. In fact, he might hire me It would be the other way around. but uh, he's had a, a great deal of success both uh, you know in the state of Texas and then a really boy, when they sent him off from Whittier, they had nothing but good things to say about him. so he yeah. he's done a great job and he's back in the state.
1: Yeah. So Justin actually graduated from Baytown Sterling High School. He went to Salem International uh, and played water polo. Afterwards, he came back and worked and coached and taught for a couple of years. And then he moved out to California and he taught and he coached high school. He was the assistant at Occidental College. And then he was the head coach at are uh, you for 10 years.
0: Yeah, really did, did a great job.
1: And he did a he did a fabulous job. He was the head water polo coach for boys and girls, and then he became the head swim coach. In addition, I didn't even know that. And, and then he even ushered in a brand new facility being opened. And he actually brought the men's team to the NCAA tournament for the first time That's in the right. history of of, of yeah. their program. Yeah. And and uh and so but him and his wife and family decided to move back to Houston. They have settled in. They they are they are running a, a couple of different companies, and he's slowly getting the, uh, kind of more and more involved back with Waterpulp here in the state. And we're and we are welcoming with we are, yeah yeah with open arms.
0: Well, he's uh, he's made the right choice to come back. Yeah. There's no question about that. We all know that. Yeah. How
1: was ODP this weekend?
0: Yeah, so ODP went well. It was a, it was a single-day camp in Austin. Went from basically 9 to 4 p.m. We got a ton of work done um, and a bunch of new kids, especially young ones. Some of the older ones we've seen uh, many times, which is totally great. They're back for more, and they, they like the program. Um, this year, it's been different for a couple of reasons. One is... Um, as we mentioned a couple weeks ago, the oh, entire ODP program has changed because we have a um, regional championship that we're going to participate in in uh, Utah in January. That gives us a, uh, a an entire different tournament to prepare for, and it also is uh, allows us to bring a huge number of kids to a competition, uh, unlike. Uh, unlike national championships where the rosters are 14 and which is totally fine it's just that we get a chance to bring more kids from our region and in turn we had to hire more coaches to handle all of that so we had a bunch of coaches on the deck on uh sunday and it worked out really well so i'm very very pleased with it very pleased with the university of texas how they treated us it was a it was a very good sunday so we're going to come back and when you do uh when we do come back you'll hear the voice of mark lawrence the head coach of the austin college ruse don't go anywhere.
1: deflection Ball's loose. Yaustra! Ball game!
0: In many podcasts,
1: this time would be filled with ads for electric toothbrushes or recruiting services. Not here. Instead, we're asking you to show your support for TX Water Polo by donating to it. Go to TXWaterPolo.com and help us continue covering the sport we love in the Lone Star State.
2: Hi, I'm U.S. Olympian Janai Kerr, and when I need to stay up to date with my water polo news in Texas, I listen to the TX Water Polo Podcast.
0: Well, that music means only one thing, and that is Austin College has completed another weekend of competition, and on the Skype machine with us is Mark Lawrence, the head coach. How are you, Mark? Great, James.
2: Okay. Thanks for having us.
0: Yeah, of course. Um, we love to recap what goes on um, with Texas's only NCAA team. You just returned from a really a very busy weekend in Davis in California. Four games. Um, and uh, so how did it go overall? What, what was your impression of the weekend?
2: Yeah. Um, oh, overall, we had uh, a lot of ups and downs, but I think as a collective group, we played better than we did our, our first weekend out east. Um, you know the group we had was a little bit different than the first group that we took on our previous trip. Um, so I, I think overall we did really well. Um, you know we're still, you know, very young, uh, possibly the youngest team in the entire nation. So we still have an uphill battle to, to climb with getting more experience and getting more comfortable and confident in the water. But uh, overall, I think the guys did much better. Um, we did we did not take our leading score from our first weekend. So. We had other guys stepping up to create offense. And, you know, as we get more experience, I think uh, our our offense will will put away more opportunities. So a lot of positive things in in the right direction and pretty happy when we came home. So,
0: yeah. So four losses, uh, Cal Baptist 19 to 6, uh, University Pacific, who's I don't even know what their rank. They're going to be high this week, 20 to 4. Yeah. Whittier was a very strong Division three team, eighteen to six And Santa Clara. It's a Division one team, seventeen to five. So if you're somebody who's just poring over these scores um, and don't really know what's going on, what is it that you think they should take away from these four losses?
2: Well, I think the biggest thing to take away is like the teams that we play against. So so far in our season, like we are zero and nine, and it's not a very sexy record. But if you look at our schedule, we played two two Division III schools who are both at the time ranked in the top, I, I believe, seven. Uh, I think Whittier was number two when we played them last weekend. Um, and once you get into the top five of the D3, they're essentially Division I programs. They have right. Division I talent. Um, the, you know, They have as good coaching as almost any Division I program and facilities. So they're essentially Division I programs. And then out of our other seven games, uh, six of those seven were against Division I nationally ranked programs. So I think it's easy to say, like, oh, man, they're 0-9, they're really struggling. But in reality, we intentionally played a very hard schedule because we are all underclassmen and we're trying to expedite our experience and our learning process um, by playing tough, tough games. So right. we're really happy. Um, the one area where we're really struggling that makes the scores look a little bit more lopsided than how the flow of the game was, was our six on fives last, uh, last weekend. We really did not do well, but we also earned, you know, uh, over 26 on fives and four penalty shots. in the course of four games against that quality teams. Right. Um, so that's a huge step in the right direction. Now we just have to get better at converting those. And I think once we do that, you're going to look at a score that's like 17 to, to, to six. And that game is realistically going to become like 14, nine. And with all underclassmen, that's something that is really positive we could build off of. So, right. um, so yeah
0: and, and you could see i mean here the teams again cal baptist uop whittier santa clara these are high quality teams i i suspect that part of your struggles had to do with uh your your youth but obviously part of it had to do with some very solid defense as well
2: oh abs- yeah absolutely we uh you know we 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 game planning we work on certain things in practice all the time and then you know, our first game against, Cal, I, I believe it was game number one uh, game number one against Calabaptists. Like, we talk about all these concepts and then all of a sudden <laughs> our guys are just getting pressed at, you know, five, six meters instead of getting down to the two meters. And then that's a learning opportunity that we had to adjust in the moment of, you know, not stopping on, on a physical contact via press and getting through the, through the press and getting our offense down to two meters. And, you know, that's like one of those steps that young, inexperienced players take. Um and have to and have to learn because it's easy to talk about on the whiteboard in practice. Um, but until somebody who's, you know, six, three, 200 pounds plus is pressing you away from the ball, like right, until you see it firsthand. Um, it's it's one of those steps you have to learn and kind of get get through. So
0: Right, it's the uh, it's the Mike Tyson thing. It's like everybody has a plan until they get punched in the nose, you know. So that's a, uh, a, yeah, a big learning experience for these guys, right? Okay. Um, you mentioned bringing essentially a different roster to Davis than you did to Navy, and the and I'm curious about how a coach goes about doing that, right? That it's a these are difficult decisions because you you do have to say to some of your players like you are not traveling with us this weekend, and and you can imagine being on the other end of that. And uh, so how how does that actually happen?
2: Been. Yeah, definitely. Well, you know, th- th- this year we do have a big roster, um, and we are mainly all underclassmen because we were, you know, a, as a brand new program, that's kind of a natural challenge as you start bringing your your first handful of uh, classes in. Um, with us this year, we feel like we have like three or four guys who are kind of like our our stronger players. You know, if you want to call them a tier one or like a one, whatever it is. Um, and then after that, we feel like we have 16 guys who are very similar to each other. Um, and it's not even a separation of like tier one, tier one and tier two. It'd be like a tier one and then one A. And the difference between number one and 20 is very close. Um, and really what's what's separating these guys um, isn't necessarily athletic ability or speed or skill or size. A lot of it just has to do with with experience and understanding of the game. So our, our, our goal on these first two trips was... To make two rosters that has a combination of these 20 athletes, um, give them all the experience um, possible to see what they could do and where they're at and where they have to build off of. And then um, after Davis, you'll probably see a more consistent travel roster. Um, We travel 14 field players, and I think what you'll end up seeing is the same 12 guys traveling the rest of the the season. And then that 13th, 14th spot will probably rotate some guys through to make sure that they're getting the experience that they need, whether they're ready to play or not. Um, but they're seeing things firsthand and they're hopefully getting into games and you know, getting some of that uh, learning experience and experience in the water that, that they they may they might be lacking or whatever the uh, case might be. So right
0: right. So um, oh, if you take a look at the statistics, there are three three players sort of um, stood out to me in this in this sense. So Robert Griffin, who's now an old veteran, really on your team, apparently had a very good weekend. But you mentioned youth earlier. And what stands out in a lot of ways is that uh, Evan Cueva and Nathan Butler, one from California, one from Texas, both had a very good weekend as well. And those are two of your freshmen.
2: Yeah, it was it was great. Uh, Evan went with us, you know, to Maryland on the first trip and he played very well. And uh, uh, Navy weekend for us, you know, I think at Navy, he was like a uh, uh, unsung hero for us where he did a lot of great things uh, with effort, uh, with balance, um, attacking, creating for other people but he didn't really always get the sexy stats. Um, in, uh, Davis, uh, he was, he played significantly better as he was way more confident, way more comfortable. And then he was able to score a handful of goals for us. And he really facilitated our offense for us, um, for most, most uh, of the actual weekend, you know, he's someone that we brought in off the bench because we trust him. He's, he's a very experienced youth player and, uh, he creates a lot. So, um, he had a phenomenal weekend for us. Uh, I want to say that he stood out the most because a lot of our guys played very, very well. We had a few guys who who didn't get a lot of goals, but they probably played the best war for our team to, to create for others. Um, and then on the flip side, Nathan is a freshman from Texas, um, pretty inexperienced with his youth youth career. Um, he had some opportunities here in Dallas where he got to play at the youth level stuff. Um, but this was his first weekend of playing collegiate Warpolo. Uh, his first weekend of seeing how big in person these guys, like uh, how about this UOP <laughs> and Whittier and stuff are. And um, he's six six, right? Yeah. Yeah, he's six six, but he's uh, he's rather skinny, you know. So he needs hit, he needs to hit the <laughs> weight room, which was one of his, one of his own uh, comments, you know, after the game. And we we put him in in a position that he's never played before. We threw him in there and said, hey, get out there and work your tail off and do as well as possible. And then. He, he had a pretty good weekend. Uh, defensively, he got better every single game that he was in. Um, offensively, he controlled the ball. He didn't turn it over for us. And he was able to get three goals on the weekend for us. Um, they were all penalty shots. But while being penalty shots, uh, he gave us the best opportunity to, to make that like a guaranteed goal. Uh, he, he, he did a great job. So what we asked of him, he was able to do. And then Robert Griffin is one of our old men on the team yeah, he's a junior a junior yeah he's a junior academically athletically he's only a uh, sophomore uh, eligibility wise but he's someone that came in the very first year we added the program he played club his freshman year here at austin college um doesn't have the experience that some of the younger guys have from like the actual youth level but he has all the tools to be the best player in the water in almost every single game and like, he slowly learning uh and growing his confidence and starting to understand that uh not very many people are going to stop him when he goes full force you know in the water he's six five and 220 pounds or whatever it is and he's a he's a big kid who throws the ball against the tennis ball so he's starting to get some confidence and play very uh physical in the water which which is great so
0: yeah great especially against again the quality of team and and as you mentioned like there's some big guys on these other teams um just one other thing about Nathan Butler is very curious because I don't think he was terribly well known actually um among Texas high school players as the recruiting process went uh took place last year but it almost it sounds as though you found yourself a cannon for your penalty shooting
2: yeah I mean he's going to be somebody that you know this right now he's not he, he doesn't start for us um I'm not sure if he's going to work his way into a starting position this year specifically, but as we develop our program into the future, like he's going to be somebody who we expect to shoot 100% on penalty shots as he's starting to, as he continues to grow confidence in the rest of his game. Um, but he's somebody that, um, you know, hopefully anytime like uh, what Robert was learning last year, I know he almost doesn't know how good his shot is, wow. which is a little bit of a problem <laughs> for us, but um <laughs> He's he's a kid that any time that the defense uh, takes away center and the offense opens up to him should be putting a hard shot on frame. Um, he's a kid that if he took five shots every single game, I like, I would I, I I would be thrilled, you know. And I think he'll get to that point as he gets more and more confidence in the water, you know. And this was his first uh, collegiate weekend, and you know one of the first things we asked him to do is go take a penalty shot against UOP uh, with, you know. Where everybody on the pool deck and in the stands are just staring at him quietly, you know, watching him, <laughs> watching him perform. Uh, so he did really well. You know, he put up, uh, an absolutely perfect shot on pitch and um, did a great job on that and uh, continued. So, you know, when we have our leading scorers um, who are out of the game and he's in the game, like he's somebody who's going to have to step up and be a scorer for us. So...
0: Okay, so next uh, next up for you. You have a bit of a break here. Well, you don't have a break in work. You have a break in competition. <laughs> then you have this weekend. Is it all in Riverside um, where you're playing Cal Lutheran on Thursday the 10th, Oxy on Friday the 11th, Cal Baptist on the 12th, Fresno Pacific on the 12th, and Laverne on the 13th. I mean, that is uh, that is a lot of competition in a short period of time.
2: Yeah, so that's our for for us ac- uh, academically. We have our uh, fall break weekend, so the guys actually won't miss very much class for that trip at all, which is great. Um, and uh, yeah, we're gonna play five games in uh, I believe four days. Uh, yep, five games in four days, and we week to see how about this the second time. So Damn. see how much better we've we've gone in that span. But this is a really important couple weeks for us because. Um, We have, I think this is the only time in our season where we have two weekends back to back that are off. So we have a lot of opportunity to practice and to work on concepts and keep improving, um, you know, with concepts, with uh, speed, with strength. Um, The guys have put together a really great week of practice so far post Davis. I think they're really motivated because they've seen, they've seen minor victories here and there throughout various quarters, uh, and they're really excited for this next trip. So uh, it's going to be a really tough schedule, of course, but. The second half of our season we have a handful of games that we expect to be in a position to win and that starts with this trip um so really excited to see what we could do you know um cal lutheran and fresno pacific um cal baptist are absolutely no joke programs so it'd be great opportunities to see where we were and where we are at that right. point so
0: Very good. Thanks. uh, Thank you, Mark Lawrence. We're done for another day. They compete again on the 10th against Cal Lutheran. That's their next match. Uh, Mark Lawrence, thanks for your time.
2: Awesome. Thanks, man. Appreciate it. Have a great day.
0: You're listening to the TX Water Polo Podcast. Okay, James here mopping up as we complete our 12th TX water polo podcast, and we're going to keep it really simple, asking you to give us a good rating on whichever platform you listen to us, listen to the other podcasts that are on our homepage, where you can also find out how to email us and follow us on social media. And finally, huge thanks to Scott for his very generous gift to the pod. Um, Thank you to Joe, thank you to Mark Lawrence, and thanks to all of you for listening and for telling a friend about the TX Water Polo Podcast. Until next week, so long from Austin.